Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 9th of February, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking all about the latest market news on today's show with Mike Rauber. And with this week's update on currencies and metals, I'm happy to be joined by Thomas Kaflisch. So I'll be speaking to him in a few minutes. But first up, let's get started, as usual, with the market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. Right. Let's start with a quick recap of the latest developments in the U.S. Yes. So on the economic front, the U.S. initial jobless claims fell for the first time in three weeks. It was reported yesterday, indicating once again that the employment situation remains solid. U.S. large caps uh, hovered near record highs with the S&P 500 closing just below the psychologically important 5,000 points level. And in the bond market, Treasuries struggled to gain traction despite solid demand for U.S. government paper at all three Treasury auctions this week. And we're seeing some strong moves after some of the earnings releases, right? Absolutely. So British chip designer Arm jumped almost 50% on strong results. And SoftBank, which owns 90% of Arm, also reported good results, sending its shares up 8% in Tokyo today. Now, in the U.S., uh, Disney jumped 10% on a strong earnings report, but PayPal fell 10%. Uh, L'Oreal, which reported after the French market closed yesterday, is expected to open 6% lower today as travel retail struggles in Asia. Uh, Today, we've had uh, already luxury good retailers Hermes. It just reported and its sales beat expectations from what I can see. And later on, we have Pepsi among major companies in the U.S. reporting. So, you know, Helen, uh, we are now more than halfway through the Q4 reporting season in the U.S., with 60% of companies having reported. In Europe, 33% of companies have so far released their Q4 earnings. Now, earnings growth is tracking at plus 5% in the U.S. and minus 8% year-on-year in Europe. So I guess it really confirms our preference for U.S. equities. Okay. um, Still, though, it's not all bright in the U.S. I mean, commercial real estate has been in the news as prices are falling on the back of higher financing costs and also the fact that people are working from home. And yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen raised concerns about non-bank mortgage lenders in the United States. What did she have to say here, Mike? Yeah, she highlighted their reliance on short-term funding, which can be destabilizing in times of market stress, uh, potentially even leading to a lender's failure. And so the Treasury Secretary really emphasized in her speech the need for increased regulatory oversight, given the significant expansion of non-banks into the mortgage market. But, uh, you know, Helen, in a way, it also shows that the regulated U.S. banking industry itself is not really seen as a potential problem child. Let's turn to the UK now, where the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, has said that he's very attracted to the idea of creating a tax-free savings account uh, for investing in British stocks. Do you have any more details on this for us? Yeah, I think it would be part of an effort to boost the struggling UK stock market and a way to channel more investment into domestic companies. Of course, it would also be great for savers in the UK. Uh, However, this is not really a new development as he has been pushed for such an investment scheme even since before his autumn statement uh, last November. 
Okay, now, um, US regulators approved the new Bitcoin ETFs in early January, boosting Bitcoin's price to over $48,000. Towards the end of the month, though, it fell below $40,000. There was a sort of post-ETF approval blues, as well as the FTX's bankruptcy estate's decision to sell Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Yes, but uh, Bitcoin has been really rising over the last two weeks and it is now back above $46,000 just this Friday morning. Now, one reason for the rise is that the new ETFs are attracting steady inflows, which are now well over $8 billion. Uh, Market attention is now also turning to the upcoming halving expected to begin in April of this year, which will reduce minor rewards. Now, this process in the past has led to sharply higher Bitcoin prices as it reduces supply growth. Now, interestingly, uh, Bitcoin's rise also comes amid a more bullish market sentiment with the S&P 500 at an all-time high and also European bourses at decade highs. And in Asia, of course, the Chinese New Year is starting. So market action uh, there is slowing down. Hong Kong having closed early today and trading resumes only on Wednesday next week. And the bourses in mainland China are closed for the whole of next week. Yes, and uh, but the MSCI Asia Pacific Index, it's heading into the holidays with three straight weeks of gains. So some stabilization in the region amid China's economic worries. Uh, Japan, it is open up uh, 0.6% on comments from the Bank of Japan governor that financial conditions will remain easy for the time being, even after the central bank ends its negative interest rate regime. Now, all eyes are on the Japanese yen as it once again flirts with the 150 level against the US dollar. Okay, um, just lastly then, Mike, what should we expect for the day ahead? So I already mentioned the earnings releases, uh, but there's not much in terms of economic data releases, although there is some focus on the announcement on the revisions for U.S. inflation readings. This is of interest now because of quite sharp revisions a year ago. Now, if the CPI, so U.S. inflation revision, mean inflation was actually higher than initially reported, then the May and June may even be too optimistic for rate cuts, uh, some think at least. But a more moderate inflation reading could well affirm the Fed's current stance, reinforcing the notion of a well-executed soft landing in terms of robust growth, moderating inflation and rising productivity. So, uh, you know, Helen, who knew that the data revisions could be so interesting to some? But that, that's all for me for the today. Very good. Thanks very much, Mike, for the roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Thomas, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Now, I know you're just back from a week away. Um, What's changed in currency markets recently, would you say? Not too much, I have to admit. The dollar is still a bit stronger as the US economy is still showing no signs of weakness. The Swiss franc is a touch weaker, finally. But apart from that, I only see quite familiar levels. What can you tell us about the current opportunities in FX markets then? Well, if markets don't move, everyone with reverse convertible positions is happy, as the risk of being converted is very low. Also, carry traders are fine if markets don't move much. They simply profit from being long the currency with a higher interest rate and make money even though the underlying currency pair is not moving at all. Which reverse convertible or carry currency looks the most attractive to you then? 
On the reverse convertible side, I would invest Swiss franc or euro against the Aussie. Aussie Swiss, for instance, is having a good technical support at 056 the figure, which I don't expect to break anytime soon. On the carry trade side, I would not look too far. A long dollar Swiss position is already a nice carry trade. You earn 25 pips per month, and our research has a positive outlook for 12, for 3 and 12 months for the pair. Okay, um, now you haven't mentioned platinum yet. Uh, didn't platinum drop quite a bit recently? Yes, you're right. Plat is approaching its support zone around 800 to $850. In the past 10 years, it only traded briefly below that level during the COVID crisis, but recovered quickly and more than doubled within one year. I think the current level is attractive for long strategies, either via short puts, accumulators, or a bullish tariff. Very good. Thanks a lot, Thomas, for joining me this morning. Thank you, Helen, and have a good weekend. Thank you. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And to join us again next week, I'll be back on Monday and I'll be talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.